Welcome to Driving Cultural Relevance with Dr. Akumbu, bringing you cultural relevant multifaceted conversations and reflections intersecting education, entertainment, and business committed to DIB and cultural capacity building. I'm Dr. Ruth Akumbu, and today's topic is you are not dumb. You are not dumb. I believe that you can turn your knowledge into intelligence. Prior knowledge from diverse groups creates diversity in thinking, providing opportunity to look at issues differently and offer unique solutions. So again, you are not dumb. All right, let's start with a story. Um, <laughs> in one of my classes, I did over, over the years in one of my classes, I did feel multiple times like I was dumb. And sometimes it is a belief that is grounded in us because of how our parents look at certain subjects in school. I've always been somebody that loves history and uh, literature and art so stuff like chemistry mathematics physics they do not come easy to me for me to do well in any of these areas i have to study 10 times more i actually liked math surprisingly i actually liked math and i liked physics but i learned very early on that physics, there was just something about physics that I, that I just couldn't sit through. Like it was just, I sat through the classes. I thought I understood what the teacher was saying, but when my papers came back, I was like, wait, what? How did I feel this? I thought I understood this really well. I, 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 I was vibing with the teacher. I was, I was getting this. And when I was even writing the, the test, I was, I felt like, I was going to get maybe a B plus. <laughs> no, I'm not going for A. I thought at least a B plus, you know? And then I get the paper and I basically fail. So very early on at like 15, I decided that, nah, I'm not gonna waste my time on subjects that I knew I had to struggle too hard to pass. So I grew up in a system where I had the luxury to concentrate on certain subjects or the subjects that I cared about when I got to a certain level. Um, so things like biology, chemistry, physics. I stuck with math because it was compulsory for a while and I actually enjoyed it. I don't think I passed it, but I enjoyed learning math. When I invested tons of hours in math, I did well, which is what happened when I started school in the United States. I realized that I couldn't escape it. I couldn't expect, escape the science subjects. I had to do biology or some biology, and I had to do some math. I could not be a business student without at least statistics. And then I entered a business of science program, which means that I needed calculus 
I left community college with multiple degrees. One of the reasons being, I wanted to spend time to do something that I enjoy while taking the math that I didn't quite enjoy. I basically passed the classes. I didn't have really good grades. I think my highest grade was calculus with a B. I felt that calculus had more sense in it than statistics did. So <laughs> I did better in calculus than I did in business calculus, to be clear, business calculus, than I did with the other subjects. But this brings me to the, the whole idea of, of intelligence. What is intelligence? Does our grades make us intelligent? Leaving school with a GPA of 4.0, does it make us intelligent? Are, are some people more gifted or are, do they have God-given intellects because of maybe the subjects that they're in? Going back again to my background, people that did well in the sciences, the math, the chemistry, the physics, were considered the intelligent one in the society. And those of us that were in the arts were considered not so intelligent. So I had to to deal with that, I had to live with that. And even with a PhD, sometimes people tend to say, well, it's PhD in art. Like, oh, you're a doctor in the arts, in like in the art department. So art encompasses history, psychology, philosophy, anything that does not have to do with the sciences. So you can still hear people sometimes unconsciously kind of throw water on your degree or your doctorate degree because it's not you're not a doctor in the hospital you're not a medical doctor you didn't do the sciences so it almost says oh it's, it's, a, it's a it's a weak degree because you didn't do the sciences so these are the myths in society that we have to that that we have to confront as educators. We have to confront as um, learners, or students, or scholars. And first of all, we have to deal with it within ourselves, and then try to discourage this in the schools we're in, in the communities we're in. Even in trainings in our companies, we have to try to dispel the myth that some people are intelligent and other people are not intelligent because that is not really true. <laughs> um, one time at a, at a at grad level, I felt I felt like people were taking my personality to want to listen to others, hear different perspective, learn from others as a sign of not intelligent. Um, and you can tell in the attitude that they will give me when I will ask questions. The attitude always came across as in, I don't wanna help you. Or when they helped you, they didn't, they, they, they came at it with an attitude like, 
without me, you're going to fail. <laughs> it was quite fascinating. It was quite fascinating. And one of the reasons why, personally, I take the attitude of listening, humble myself, and hear what others have to teach is because I know that I came from a different background. My knowledge system or my prior knowledge is completely different from the prior knowledge that someone that was born and raised in the United States has accumulated. So my neural pathways are actually designed to connect to knowledge in my society, not in the society or the community or the group or the team in which I find myself. So when I get into a situation where I know that my prior knowledge is different, I do the best I can to listen and learn and see what is different. That way I could build new neural pathways that this new information can grow upon or connect to other things in my life. One way that I real that works for me really well is taking something in the classroom and connecting it to my prior knowledge, whether it's something from my tribe, something from my village, something from my culture, something from my uh, 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 um, native country, and or the political system or something that connects to that prior knowledge. That way it gives me something to build with, something that makes sense. I have actually spent uh, papers in my classroom where teachers have talked about the thing and a subject and asked me to write on something and I completely do not know what to write. So I take what I'm being asked to do and I contextualize it and I go back into my culture and I go back into my prior knowledge and I look at it and I say, how does what the teacher want relate to this thing? And once I find something in my prior knowledge that allows me to connect that information that is being asked of me, it clicks, it makes sense then, then I can now build from that. Now I can write a paper that maybe might be culturally relevant only to me, but it still meets the criteria that the teacher wanted, the objectives that the teacher wanted. So somebody else could look at the moment where I couldn't connect the knowledge that the teacher was saying, as in, you're not intelligent, but that's not true. I am very intelligent and I'm knowledgeable. I'm just intelligent in other things. Like intelligence simply means abilities, right? The ability, having abilities in one thing or the other. So I love this theory, the multiple intelligence theory that breaks down the different intelligences that we have. Um, some of the intelligences that, that have been uh, found, I think it's Ghana, Ghana, Ghana. Uh, the, the uh, Gartner's book, 2011, Multiple Intelligence. And he listed logical mathematical intelligence, musical intelligence or special intelligence, body kinetic intelligence, 
intrapersonal intelligence, interpersonal intelligence, naturalistic intelligence, and existential intelligence. So these are all different intelligences. I'm not going to break them down, but the point I'm trying to make is everybody can find where, what they're intelligent in. And basically saying everybody can find something that they are good at. Everybody can find something that is that they can is can become an ability where they are an expert in that. So saying that somebody is not intelligent because maybe they didn't their knowledge didn't connect right away to something in the classroom or, or connect right away to something you were saying is a myth. Or thinking that somebody has a God-given intelligence because they prefer to, or more intelligent because they prefer mathematics over literature, is a myth. That is just what they are, they are, that's just what they prioritize. That is just what they, they are comfortable with. I can do well in math, but it would take me a hundred years to do well in math. And I don't want that. I want to do something that I actually enjoy. And that comes that comes to me without me having to do so much work in it to 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 develop that ability. So it's also a matter of choice. It's a matter of choice. I've seen a lot of literature students come to the United States and switch to sciences and do become nurses. That is an an example that when put under the right conditions, the right situations, the right environment. People can excel in almost anything. People are so people are intelligent in a lot of things, but it's a matter of building that capacity so that you can excel in something or not or, or the other, or being in an environment where the environment is created for you to excel in that thing that you are trying to develop or that thing that you're interested in, or that intelligence that you want to build. So um, again, just saying God-given intellect or IQ, don't rely so much on that. Don't rely so much on that. One other thing that happens in schools that make me wonder um, about whether it, we, we continue to uh, um, push this God-given intellect idea is grading. So I have I have looked at grading sometime as in you get an F, it means maybe you're dumb. You get a C, mm, you're smart. You get a B, you're smarter. You get an A, oh, you're the smartest in the class. You get an A. Well, that's tough, that's tough because grading is necessary. We need to be able to evaluate how, when I was, when we learn in classroom, classroom, we need to be able to evaluate whether it's in a classroom, whether it's in a training in a business, whether it's just teaching a child at home. There need to be a way to evaluate if the child is learning what they're being taught. But emphasis on grade alone as a measure of intelligence or a measure of knowledge 
or a, me a measure of abilities, I don't think is a, the, the best way to just look at learning and how much somebody knows or can apply the knowledge that they have learned. So maybe having the knowledge in, using the knowledge to do something in society at the end of the day is far much better than somebody that walks away with a 4.0 and never does anything with that degree or never uses the information that they learn to make a difference in society or make a difference in their lives or make a difference in the community in which they are in or the team or the group. So intelligence again is different from knowledge and knowledge in one society can be different from knowledge that somebody has brought from a different society. If I'm not knowledgeable in the things in your society, it doesn't mean that I am dumb or I don't know anything or that I am not intelligent. It simply means that I have not immersed myself in your community, community long enough to develop that knowledge to, to have a bank of information stored that I can build on to, to, to effectively work in that new community in which I find myself. Let's take, for example, a law student that comes from another country have spent many years learning about the legal system of that country. And then they come to the United States they get, they go to, to college, they, they do well, they pass, but they're struggling to pass the bar exam, for example, or they're struggling to pass the, 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 the licensing exam to become a doctor, or they're struggling to, be, to, to pass the, the exam to become a nurse, or whatever licensing or, or exam it is. Another example, personal example is when I first arrived in the United States, one of the things that I was being recruited to do was insurance. I had little to no knowledge about insurance. I only knew one person that worked in an insurance company and she told me, oh yeah, we make sure that if a car gets in an accident, we pay. So people pay us to make sure that when they get in an accident, we pay for that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I didn't have a lot of knowledge about insurance and I came here to give me the books I read it I, that was life insurance I think the person was trying to get me to do life insurance and I I read the book but I just kept missing missing failing with maybe say five points every time I sat the exam twice I think and two or three times and I just, I just came short by very little every time. And I concluded, the same as I concluded as a young girl, that I don't want to invest a lot of time learning physics. Even though I liked physics, I didn't want to learn a lot of time, spend a lot of time learning physics. When I actually enjoyed history, literature, uh, 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 um, uh, maybe... Uh, languages like the English language and other things. So I, I wanted to just geography, economics, 
So I wanted to learn those things that I, I knew that I enjoyed. I really had a genuine interest in, in learning. Um, I liked, I didn't quite enjoy physics. I liked physics. And I felt that I wanted to be in that room and learn those things, but it just, it just required too much for me. So I didn't do that. So the same way I, I, I decided to move on and only focus on the things that I enjoy was the same thing with, with this uh, um, insurance. I, had, I came to the conclusion after the second or the third ex, uh, uh, test that there was something missing. I did not have enough information to be able to be an insurance broker. Um, I needed a little bit more background on insurance. Some people could walk into that and, and read the textbook and write it the first time and pass. But maybe they own a car insurance, they own a house insurance, they own all these other things that are related to insurance. And insurance is something that is fundamental in life in the United States. But insurance is not fundamental to the life in which I was raised as a young girl. So um so I can I didn't quite think that I wasn't intelligent when I walked away from insurance. I said to myself, you do not have enough prior knowledge to be able to sit and pass this exam. And even if you pass this exam, you do not have enough prior knowledge to be able to be a broker. So I had to move away from that. And uh, until I was able to learn a lot more about insurance, I never went back to become a broker, but I can tell you that 20 years later in the United States, I understand insurance a lot better. And if I would just take a textbook and read it and go and sit that same exam, I will pass it. And I probably will pass it, not with a B, I will pass it, not with a C, I will pass it with an A or even A plus. But I can only do that now because I have built enough uh, a, a knowledge bank. I have enough in my knowledge bank to be able to assess and, 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 and reproduce what is being requested of me. I'm going to give you another example. And this example is in one of the exams that I took in class in, 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 in my grad school, supply chain was just something that for some reason I couldn't understand. There, there was something about it that wasn't clicking. About three people explained it to me, it still could not click. One person, I don't remember exactly what they said, but they said just one thing. And I was able to take that one thing and connect it to my culture. So I basically took that information and what did I do with it? I took that information and I said, if I was working on the farm, what will happen? And I, would, I would need to grow the crop, produce the crop once it's ready to, for me to harvest. I have to decide whether I'm selling that product or not. And if I'm just selling this product, how would this product leave the market and leave the farm and travel to the market? 
And once you get to the market, how how much am I selling it? And then how much do I how do I package it to send it to for the for the buyers? So all the details that come from leaving the farm to the time where it is in the home of or it is in the hands of the buyer just made supply chain click for me. But for some reason, I already at that point had a bachelor's of science degree in business. And I know for a fact that I had wrote, wrote a little bit of paper on, on, uh, um, on, 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 uh, on, on supply chain. Well, not necessarily supply chain. I had dealt with, and I know for sure that I had dealt with instances where I had to talk about how I was going to get my product to market. But for some reason, that day, nothing would click until I went back to went back to my culture, to my uh, context, to my upbringing, and look at the background information that uh, 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 that I already the, 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 look at my knowledge bank and connected it to what was being asked of me, and it ended up being very good. But it was really hard, and people with, who were trying to teach me were frustrated. And people who were trying to help me to understand it, you could tell their attitude was more like, oh, she's so dumb, she can't get it. But I'm not dumb. And you are not dumb. Just because you can't, you, you're not getting a concept. Always try to go back to your, to your knowledge bank. Always try to go back to your, to your culture. Always try to go back to... The things that you're familiar with and see if there is something that will connect that information that is being taught that you're not getting. Once you do all of that, then from that moment on, you, you can maybe start building new neural pathways or go back and learn the basics. That way you can start building new knowledge pathway or you can connect to the old knowledge or pull from your knowledge bank to get you moving to the direction in which you're supposed to go. So basically my whole point is to dismantle the myth that some people are smarter than others or that some people are more intelligent than others. You might, yes, more intelligent in the sense that you might have more abilities in something than I do, but it doesn't mean that I am dumb because you have more abilities in one thing and I don't have the same abilities in the other. Or going back to the law student, a law student that doesn't pass the bar doesn't mean that they, from another country that doesn't pass the bar doesn't mean that they're not smart. It's just that they have not developed enough knowledge bank. They don't have enough in their knowledge bank to be able to regurgitate what is being asked of them. It doesn't mean they are not smart. Like when you, when you go to take some of these exams, I'm talking about knowledge bank. It's actually called test banks. So there's so much in the test bank and you're supposed to have a lot of knowledge on a lot of the things in the test bank to prove that you can pass. So if you go in there and you're not doing well in the test bank, it doesn't mean you're not intelligent. You just keep learning and building and building and building and building until you're able to excel in that thing that you like. So you keep building. I never, because I enjoyed history, doesn't mean that I just walked into history class and passed. No, 
I spent hours, hours and hours reading my history textbook from back to back, analyzing it from different angles, asking myself trick questions and answering those questions. But I invested the time because I really enjoyed that subject matter. And for that reason, I built enough knowledge bank to be able to pass with flying colors in that subject when the time came. So again, you are not dumb. You just need to build enough knowledge bank in the, in the area that, put enough in your knowledge bank in the area that you care about, in the subject you care about, in the thing that you care about. Once you do that, you will see that you start excelling in, in those things that, that, that you care about or the, in that area that you claim to be an expert in. Or say you pass that exam that you actually have been studying for. Okay, here are some final thoughts. Inability in one area does not mean a lack of intelligence. So do not feel inadequate, keep working at it. Create an environment where you develop capacity or, the, or, 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 or develop the learner's capacity to grow. So if you're an individual, Create an environment where you develop your capacity to learn. And if you're an educator, create an environment where you develop the learner's capacity to grow. For example, if you're in a business, offer them different areas in the business to learn different things in the business so that they can be knowledgeable in different areas in that business. So create an environment where somebody can learn whether the person is from your culture from another culture wherever the whatever the person's background is create an environment for them to learn give them the flexibility to leverage their own culture or leverage their own indigenous knowledge in order to build and in order to connect the knowledge that you want to teach them So thirdly, which, which makes my third point, integrate indigenous knowledge and skills. Integrate indigenous knowledge and skills in, in, in education, especially if you are in a classroom or you're in a training with people that are not, that do not share the same cultural background as you or yourself, make sure that you integrate indigenous knowledge and integrate skills. And if you don't uh, know any indigenous knowledge or skills, again, allow them to connect what you're saying to their indigenous knowledge and skills and see if there is common ground. See if once they connect, they can build from there and better understand what you're teaching them and then be able to grow from there. So you're giving them a foundation, you're helping them to create a, a new neural pathway by connecting it to something. Rather than just blank slate, you have to know this, I have to know this now. 
it's they will eventually, but it might take a lot, some struggle for them to learn that. So be patient and be be able to uh, uh, allow them the freedom to dig deeper in order to 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 to, to move forward, right? In order to shoot ahead, let them have a landing ground where they bounce on and then move forward. Leverage the, the, the learner's critical culture, critical culture or values to enhance learning and grow their confidence and their unique skills. So you want to be able to not just look at maybe their surface culture, look at their belief system, look at their values, look at the things that are critical to that individual and then help them to be able to learn from that space, from that perspective, from that point of, of reference. And then once you do all of that, leverage the learner's ability to improve their community using all of these things that they know from their culture or from their, from their a knowledge bank. So create in them the desire to be able to take the skills that they know from their past or from their community or from their culture or from their diverse background and use it to improve something in the company, improve something in, 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 in the education system that they're in or to learn something or to go out in the community and solve an issue. So sometimes the knowledge that we teach in class that are not always unique to the learner, once it's connected, the learner can take what they learned in the classroom or what they learned um, uh, in a training and connect it to what they already know and then bring back to you a very unique solution, a very unique perspective on something that might have been a big challenge in the company as a whole, right? So take advantage of diversity, take advantage of the different cultural backgrounds that you have in your classroom, in your business, in your firm or company, or just in a group, if, if it's a social group, take advantage of the diverse background because that creates diversity in thinking and that creates a unique way of solving issues. People have said to me in the past that I have a very simple way of looking at an issue and addressing an issue. So some of my academic papers sometimes do come across as not academic language, just because I just look at life at a very, um, I look at life simply. I, I have a, a unique way of looking at life. I have a unique way of looking at issues and I have a unique way of just uh, 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 addressing the issue and taking out all the complexities in that issue and addressing it. Maybe my solution 
might sound simple, but if you come, boy, when you look at somebody that presents the same solution with very high sounding academic language, at the end of the day, we, are, we, get, we arrive maybe at the same solution, but I just arrive it in a more simpler way than I arrive at than somebody else who arrive at it. For example, all of what I have shared with you today, if you read my dissertation, there's it you go in, there's a section in my dissertation that is titled Multiple Intelligence. If you go into that section and you read what I've shared with you today, it is very dense. <laughs> it is shared in it is very dense academic language. But and I could have tried to present it to you in the same dense academic language to maybe to, to just show that, yeah, I have a doctorate. No, I, that, it doesn't matter. I want you to take away something from this. So I speak in a language that I think anybody can understand. I bring in a lot of examples from my own personal experiences and my own life to allow you to be able to also dig into your own story, dig into your own history, dig into your own, um, own, own background and culture and see how you can relate what I'm saying to yourself and how you can maybe take away from this and go start looking at learning a little bit differently than maybe you've been looking at. So I take away the academia in it and I try to make it more simpler, more fun, more, more down to earth, more in a way that just anybody listening to it can take away something from it. So one more time, five things to take away, five takeaway. Create an environment where you develop your capacity or the learner's capacity to learn. Two, build on indigenous knowledge build on the learner's indigenous knowledge. Three, integrate indigenous knowledge and skills into the learning system. Whatever you're teaching, integrate the indigenous, the, the learner's indigenous knowledge and skills. Four, leverage the learner's culture or cultural values to enhance learning and grow their learn, the, the learner's confidence in their unique skills. So you want to leverage the learner's culture or cultural critical values, their cultural critical values to enhance learning and grow their confidence in their unique skills. Lastly, five, find ways to leverage those abilities to improve the community group or team in which they find themselves. So you want to find ways to leverage the abilities or those intelligences that the child has in order to improve the community in which they are in or their, 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 the group in which they find themselves or the team in which they find themselves. So let's not take any, any skill that a child have granted. Let's not take any skill that an individual has for granted. Whether it's in a company, it's in a classroom, it's at home, let's not take these skills for granted. Let's make sure that we 
create an environment for learning to excel and for a learner to excel and grow their funds of knowledge and also use that knowledge not just to have an A in the classroom, but to enhance society, make society better, improve their, the small group that they're in, the team that they're in, or the society at large. Thank you.